on LBC. It is a good news, Len. We got to cut off just before the news. His foster son did get a place in the school that we were just talking about after appealing. So thank you, Len, for getting in touch with that. The time waits for none of us. And now it is mystery hour. Three minutes after 12 is the time. Your weekly opportunity to get the sort of education you can't get in grammar school, state school, secondary, modern school or comprehensive school. In fact, if your kids have been sent home from school for not wearing the right uniforms, make sure they listen to this. It won't necessarily constitute part of their punishment, but it means they might at least pick something up in the course of the hour. It is, if you like, the radio equivalent of those newspaper features where people write in to um, ask a question and some weeks later they might be lucky enough to get an answer. Today, you get your answer immediately. Look, and I forgot to mention before the news that we were about to start Mystery Hour, so if you think you've got a really good question... Ring now, and you've got a better chance of getting on the board than you usually do at four minutes after 12. And by, by a really good question, I mean, if you've rung in before and we haven't exactly bitten your arm off with enthusiasm, don't ring in again. Things get so busy so quickly that sometimes we spend the first ten minutes of mystery out having to sort quite a lot of chaff from the wheat. And I don't mean that in a critical way or insulting way. It's just an operational hazard that we have. If your question is about cars or motoring or something quite boring, it probably won't get on the board. If, if for example... You can't quite imagine, in a room full of 100 people, if you think that maybe only a few will be interested in the answer to the question that you're going to ask, it's not very good for our purposes. Okay? Repetition is our problem. Um, uh, There's a Mystery Hour archive you can look at, lbc.co.uk, which might give you an indication of whether or not the question you're poised to ask has ever been asked before. But that's my lookout, as it were. Dullness is your lookout. Uh, Who, why, where, when, wash, with, whether, wherefore, even the occasional whence. uh, It doesn't matter. Whatever the question is, why do we do this? Where does that come from? What's the uh, origin of this? What's the explanation for that? When you do this, why does that happen? Genuinely, anything from the silly right through to the sublime. Uh, And if you hear somebody ask a question, to which you can provide an answer then ring in and tell us um because obviously that's the whole point the number remains the same so the number is the same whether you're ringing in with a question or whether you're ringing in with an answer there are a couple of guarantees here i think you'll have at least one laugh out loud moment between now and one o'clock i've never had to provide any refunds on that pledge and you will definitely have more knowledge by one o'clock than you have now as i say on a weekly basis you can't really guarantee that the knowledge will be something you're grateful for but it is nonetheless knowledge that you will accrue um i'm I'm just gonna uh read that text in full from len actually about his foster son he goes the foster lad gained a place in the school on appeal as the new head supports the leg up he's now in the top five percent of his year (laughs) the kids who were tutored are the ones who are struggling So another reason why the current system of grammar schools doesn't help the kids who most need help, unless you get a visionary headmaster like that. But anyway, I digress. That's enough formal education for one day. Time now to press on with the informal education of Mystery Hour. Ben is in Hereford. Ben, question or answer? Afternoon, James. I've got a question for you. Carry on. Uh, I'm actually in sunny Essex today as well, by the way. Okay, I shall adjust our Um, records accordingly. I... um, I took some, it's a bit of a weird question this one, James. I took some rubbish down to my girlfriend's um, rubbish store in her flats the other day. I've taken it down before. And I think notice every single time I take rubbish to, to the rubbish area or to a, to a tip, the rubbish always smells exactly the same. There's always the same smell for rubbish. Yes. And I, I want to know why it always smells the same. Can you describe that smell to us, do you think? <laughs> uh, sort of, well, musky and, and 
Well, I don't well, that sounds, sounds quite quite attractive. I, my teenage my teenage years were permeate, permeated with the aroma of white musk from the body shop. That ain't going to work as a description of a rubbish tip. I must admit, James, I do tend to hold my breath when I go in there. You do, but, and, you're, uh, but you're confident the smell is exactly the same. It is always the same. Now, if I went and put... Um, it's very noisy in Essex today, Ben. Oh, sorry, that's, that's my son. He's running around playing with uh, a toy car. Carry on. Um, if I went and put 100 rotten eggs in there... It would still smell the same. Would it? It's, right, yeah. If you put a hundred rotten eggs in with the rest of the rubbish, it would still smell the same. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's about there's about uh, six or seven skips in my girlfriend's rubbish area, and it always. <laughs> Imagine if someone had just same. tuned in to that. Yeah. <laughs> What the hell is he talking about? Is this some sort of <laughs> some sort of sick new phone-in show? I, uh, there's six or seven tips in my girlfriend's rubbish area. So it's a difficult second album you've got going on there. But I, I, I is, she's not it, it, it's, So do I, mate. It's all about bacteria, isn't it? Isn't it just the smell of putrefaction that you've got? Yeah, but it's just... I just don't understand it, though, James. No, oh, it's decomposition. It's the bacteria you can smell. The bacteria that is decomposing the rubbish is giving off the aroma. It's... Different things decomposing would decompose. Yeah, but the bacteria that is making the decomposition is is emitting flatulence. What you've got is bacteria flatulence. Right. Got all their albums. Is that is that is that definite, James? No, not even close. No, I didn't think. No, but but it's Occam's razor. I mean, it's the only thing. What what does all rubbish have in common? It's all rotting. What else does it have in common? It all smells the same. Could it therefore be the case that it all smells the same because it's all rotting? I'm, I'm not going to accept that, James, because you just said that you're not going to finish. No, no, I, I'm, but if it turns out to be true, I shall have a slice of that round of applause. I'll let, I'll let you have a slice of the round of applause, James. That's very decent of you, Ben. There we go. Why does all rubbish smell the same? Why do rubbish tips, whenever you've got a large collection of rubbish, why does it always smell the same? It's a, it's a really good question, that. I've done what I do every flipping week on this programme. I had a couple of crackers up my sleeve. And I've completely forgotten them. I promised the kids as well during the holidays that I'd get one on for them. But I just—it's like jokes. Do you ever find that with jokes? You always think, "Oh, that's a cracker." I must tell the—I must tell the team that on, on on Monday morning. Never remember a joke when you get it's a gift. I do not possess. Nassim is in Wimbledon. Nassim, question or answer? Question. Carry on. Um, I want to find out whether nuns are allowed to go swimming, and if so, what would they wear? Uh, nuns are allowed to go swimming, and they can wear whatever they want. So they could wear a swimming costume? Yes, of course. Right, OK, thank you. That, that, that was pretty straightforward. Why, 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 are you thinking of becoming a nun, and the, and the swimming angle yeah, was, was no, putting you off? There's all this talk of burkinis. Yes, they're that, not, no, so, so I thought... mo- sorry, I need to clarify. All women in the world should be allowed to wear what they want. Muslim women in Muslim countries often aren't, and now, in France, they're not allowed to wear what they want either. Yeah. But nuns are Christians. Yes, I know, but, uh, I mean, uh, do you know for a fact that yes. nuns are... Yes, I've been swimming with a nun. You have been swimming with I have a nun. been swimming with a nun. OK, that's fair enough. That is pretty, f- it's pretty conclusive, actually, isn't it? I, there you go. I, I, shall I, can I have a round of applause for that, Nassim? Yes, OK. Th- thank you very much. Chapter 17 of the Autobiography. Professor Howell. Oh, hello, Professor Howell. You're here early this week. Hello, James. Well, it's been a bit of a barren 
stretch, hasn't it? It's been slim pickings on mystery outside. Slim pickings for you, because my scientific knowledge is increasing and I'm dealing with quite a lot of the questions you would once have dealt with, I think, is actually what's... Because I've already told you the answers over the preceding eight years. Yeah, that's what teachers do, Professor Howe. They teach people, and I, as your student, have now learned. I have been educated. You shouldn't sound bitter about it. You should sound proud and possibly even a little paternalistic. No, less of the teacher and more of the professor. I'm professing, I'm not teaching. Anyway. All right, go on. Let's stop bickering like a married couple, shall we? (laughs) No. Um, (laughs) I, I... I hate to say this, but you were actually more or less right <laughs> with your answer yes. concerning rubbish. Thank you. I know um, a lot about rubbish. That's a pleasure. Um, I think the common denominator with rubbish is there's always going to be some food in it and or some other source of proteins. And um, most bad smells contain are volatile things that contain sulphur. So, for example, the smell of flatulence, if I may, is caused by hydrogen sulphide, which is also the smell in rotting eggs. Yes. And also the smell used to be in stink bombs, if you remember when Uh, you were a young boy. Of course I do. No, no, you don't. They they still exist, stink bombs. You can still buy them. Yeah, the Beano have branded quite a lot of them, those old-fashioned tricks. You can get itching powder and stink bombs and all that sort of thing. I thought you'd know that, but you probably make your own, don't you? No, well, yeah, well, actually, yes, mate. Yeah, but, um, actually, knew it. I thought they'd actually banned the, the sort of the glass file type. Oh, they have, but yeah, you're um, quite right. I do apologise. You know, as, as, as ever, you know more than me. No, but, yeah, a bus ride wasn't complete, of course, unless someone let a stink bomb off. Mm. So anything with sulphur in it, which is why, um, if you have a sort of particularly meaty dinner, your level of flatulence the day after is probably going to be higher because you have lots of sulphur compounds from the disulfide bridges. Also accounts for very smelly breath. Yes. Um, that's sulfur compounds, but also the particular smell that um, your caller is referring to is probably going to be something like cadaverine or putrescine, which are key um, compounds that amines produced by the breakdown products of flesh. And um, oh. it also explains why. Sorry, are we alright still? Yeah, okay. um, um, the smell of <clears throat> the, mm. the fish shouldn't smell fishy. If, if fish smells of fish, it's actually going off because you get these amines like cadaverine and putrescine. Proper fresh fish smells of nothing. So, in summary, you were right. Bacterial breakdown of protein compounds, which makes all rubbish smell the same. Bacterial flatulence. It is. Bacterial flatulence. That's my new favourite phrase. Not osmosis. Um. <laughs> well done. <laughs> Professor Hal, I should say. Can I, shall I explain what your qualifications are? We've got, we've got new listeners arriving by the truckload every day, Professor Hal, so not everyone will know. They'll probably think you're like a comedy professor. They'll think that I just call you Professor Hal because you sound so so clever, but you are actually, the prof- I hope you still are, the Professor of the Public Understanding of Science at the University of Brighton. Yes, happily I am, and that's where, exactly where I'm sitting right now, at my desk. And let's, let's crack. Shall we share another round of applause together like we've shared so many over the years? I wouldn't have it any other way. Vintage contribution there, not only introducing the phrase bacterial flatulence to the proceedings, but also allowing us a quick burst of the hallelujah chorus and getting in there with a shared round of applause at the end. That is why, that's why some days, I can't believe they pay me to do this, but if you tell anyone I said that, we'll have to have words. It's coming up to quarter past twelve. You're having, you're listening to James O'Brien on LBC, where Mystery Air is underway, although, I, I mean, we've got, are we two for two? What was the middle one? I've done the decomposition, we've done the swimming nuns. Was there one in the middle? Have I missed one? Have we got one other? Is there another one? Or are we, are we on the, I think we might, might be clear, so we can start again. We can wipe the Etch-A-Sketch clean and start all over again after the travel news, which is coming up now. This is Ames O'Brien on LBC. 18 minutes after 12 is the time. Mystery Hour continues with questions. I think we've answered all the questions we've had so far. We'll sort of launch a little steward's inquiry during the break. Des is in Collindale. Des, question or answer? Uh, it's a question, James. Carry on, sir. 
the title master is always in a, always in a superiority or excellence of some kind. Um, you know, master chef, master this, master that. So I was wondering why it is the traditional uh, form of address for young boys in general. When you were seven year old, years old, say, James, you, you may well have had a birthday card addressed to uh, Master James O'Brien. Why, why would that be, I wonder? I mean, it's to distinguish from Mister, isn't it? So, so it's just to denote childhood in the first instance, well, rather then, than adulthood. Why not just put the name with no title then? I mean, <laughs> well, why put Mister and Missus? I mean, it, it, we need. I think we need to zone in on what the question is because I, I mean, comparing it with the, ma, ma, it comes from magister, I think, in the Latin, which is oh. where we get the word magistrate from, and that would be the master that you refer to when you talk about a master baker or oh, that was close <laughs> or a master chef <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. but but wh- why it then gets passed down to I, I couldn't tell you the answer to that but but yeah, i wonder wonder why the master i mean you know the, the so i can give you the mr yeah. master distinction so that that is just because you're not a mr oh, yes. yet but yeah. i can't give i don't know why we use the same word to describe a young a young male who is yet to achieve his majority that we use to describe an older male who has demonstrated particular expertise in a given field. But, uh, mate, that's a pretty complicated question for Mystery Hour. Oh, right. right. Isn't it? I'm sorry about that. Well, you, what came up on my screen was, why are boys called masters? To which the simple answer <laughs> would be, because they're not men yet. But that's not what you've ended up asking. You've ended up asking why we use the same word to describe uh, young males that we use to describe gifted, uh, accomplished old males. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I just, I just thought, I just thought it was odd. No, it's a great one. I just don't, I, mean, I don't, I don't want to sound... There was, there was a well-known um, Betty Davis film called The Nanny, and she was... uh terrifying. Referred to Master Joey. And, That's right. And, and, of course, there was a famous um, uh, choir boy and pianist called Master Ernest Lush. I just thought it odd that um, the term master is always used for... Well, let's find out uh, origins of the word master in the context of, 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 of younger children. We may not get an answer to the... Uh, it depends whether Wayne's listening with his Brewer's Dictionary of Phrase and Fable. Actually, I don't know if it would be in there. Anyway, it's on the list, Des, and, and it's, a, it's a cracker. Thank you. Sam is in Formentera. Oh, how lovely. Sam, question or answer? Uh, question, please, James. Are you on holiday or do you live there? I'm on holiday. Lovely stuff. What's your question? With the family. Yes. Well, we were swimming in the sea, All and right. we swam across to the island, and I was in a warm area, and my son said, that's not, that's not good. <laughs> said, why not? He said, it means it's urinate. someone's urinated. Yeah. He didn't, he didn't use that word, did he? further across. No, he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. And then as we swam further across, we just went through cold and hot and cold and hot, and there was nobody else about. It definitely wasn't wee-wee. No. just wondered why that is. Um... It, well, do you know, weirdly, I don't know Formentera at all, but when I spent a lot of time in Greece, I uh, spent a lot of time with Greek people. I was, I was going out with a Greek girl, and they know bits that we tourists don't know, not just in terms of restaurants and stuff. And I'll never forget one time, we were out on a speedboat, and my friend Yorgos took me to a sort of little cave in, uh, in the middle of the sea, on a sort of small rocky island in the middle of the sea, and he took me into the little cave just sort of and, and said put your hand in there and i put my hand in this sort of little bowlish bit in the and it was boiling hot water coming out so i imagine that it, i part, can understand the little rock pools being no, not, not a little rock pool because that's coming out constantly it's coming out like a powerful tap and it's pumping 24 7 so that would create what a little in that that would come well that that's underwater um you know that's 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 hot stuff under the ground like you know thermal what's it come on fill in the gaps sam i can't do all the heavy lifting <laughs> 
That's it's like hot springs, isn't it? Like the geysers that you've got in uh, in in Iceland. There's, you see the steam coming out of the ground, the geysers. Yeah. It's the it's, it's the it's underwater. Like here, what? Oh, it's underwater. It's the underwater equivalent of that, isn't it? I don't know. That's what I'm asking you. Oh come on! It's a brilliant. How, how how can it not be that? What else could it possibly be? You've got hot water underwater, so it's you know you know when you're in the bath, Sam. Mm, yeah. And, and you're at the. It's all gone a bit cold, and you want to heat it up again. Yeah, but it doesn't sort of change. It does, and then you so actually, I haven't finished yet. You're still in the bath. Get back in the bath. Get back in the bath. <laughs> right, and you got your foot, and you just give the old hot tap a nudge with your foot, and the hot water comes on. Now, does as the hot water reaches the bath, does it automatically change the temperature of the entire bath, or do you end up with a hot no, bit? You down- have to swirl it about. You've yeah. got to swirl yeah. it about, Sam. Yeah. And the sea doesn't, okay. you know, the sea where you are hasn't swirled it about completely yet. So you've got some lovely w- w- warm clouds of water wafting through the surf. Okay. Or, or I mean, equally, it, it'd be the bits where the sun has shone and, and heated up the water and then the water has moved around. So it's just about having hot pockets, Sam. Hot pockets. It's all about hot pockets. Hot pockets. Hot okay. pockets. Not I bacterial flatulence. It's not wee-wee. Hot, no, it's not that. It's hot pockets. Oh, it's not fish-wee. Fish-wee. Fish-wee, honestly. No, it's not fish wee, Sam. You don't oh, sound convinced. I, I sense you're going away sort of a little bit unsatisfied. No, well, you know. All right. Like, All right, then. I'll leave it on the board. You're not going to take my answer. a scientific answer. That is a scientific answer. Rather than answer. swirling it round. I used the word thermal. <laughs> thermal. Usually it's osmosis. <laughs> you shouldn't have got that. You shouldn't have marked. She, she misused the word. Shouldn't get a hallelujah chorus when you misuse the word. It's, getting, it's a bit too sensitive, that. All right, I'll leave it on the board. What are the hot pockets? What causes the hot pockets when Sam is swimming in the sea on her lovely holiday? Enjoy the rest of your holiday, Sam. Thank you for listening. I like the idea. The technology is such. You can take your favourite radio programmes with you when you go away. James is in Plymouth. James, question or answer? Hello, James. It's James, and I've got a question, please, mate. Carry on. Right, I was listening to the news this week, and there was some unsavoury character was getting charged with murder. Oh, dear. Uh, and um, they said that Joe Bloggs, for instance, has appeared in court to confirm his name and address. Yes. But they've carted him all the way off to court, and all he said is, my name and my address. Well, surely they know all his name and address before he gets there. <laughs> what's the point? I, don't, I just don't get it. What no. do they do that for? Why, you know ne- what I mean? I've never thought about this before. You know, so you go all the way to court, what's your name, Joe Bloggs, where do you live, um, wherever, and then off they cart you off again, then you come back six months later for a trial, don't you? I just don't understand why. It seems to me a waste of my time and money, because the police know your name and address, because they've they've interviewed you, haven't they? I suppose you you have to agree, you have to, you have to agree that it's your name and address, do you? I mean, to make sure it's not a case of mistaken identity or something like that? I don't know, but the police no, can establish all that and just ring the ring the judge up and say, right. No, I, don't, I think I think the legal system is you can't take the police's word. I would have thought, as a defendant, you have the right to. I, I, I don't know is the answer, the short answer. So, I mean, are we are we confident that this, that this is what happens? I, I, I've read similar accounts, and it does seem that they just turn up in the first instance at the very beginning of a trial. They confirm their name and address, and then then they go away again, and the trial hasn't even started. Yeah, and then I've heard I've heard it worded other ways where he's gone. He only spoke to confirm his name and address, and then off he yeah, went. Yeah, that, that that I don't. I mean, I'm not confused about why they have to confirm their name and address, but the confusion you're expressing, I think, comes from the is more built upon the question of if that's all that happens, why did they bother going to court that day? 
Yeah, you know. Yeah, um, okay, no, I get that. I, I just don't know that it is yeah. all that happens. He might only confirm his name and address, but then the judge goes through the terms, he addresses the jury, he does lots of other things that don't involve the defendant, no? Mm, I don't know. I'm we sure need a lawyer. We need somebody that knows, don't we? We do, mate, yeah. we don't. We don't. <laughs> you're, not, you're not wrong. We Jameses have not got a clue in this context, James. Yeah. <laughs> Let's find. We need a lawyer. I, I, I thought I thought I was going to get slaughtered for a stupid question. Well, but, you still might, you know. mate. You still might, but I don't. I don't. <laughs> I don't know that you'll be here by the time that emerges, if indeed it does. <laughs> so we need we need a lawyer or a police officer, a judge or a or a serial criminal. Any of those would work. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's see what we can do. There you go. The challenge has been laid down. What, what, what's that business in court when you just give your name and address and apparently nothing else? What's the point of you even being there? Oh three four five six oh six oh nine seven three. Alan is in Ashford. Alan, question or answer? It's an answer. Go on. It's an answer to the water and the temperature. Hot pockets, mate. Hot pockets. If you remember rightly, we're going back a little while. Your diving geezer. That phoned up about the same thing a little while ago. Uh, yeah, don't say that. It makes it sound like we haven't got any fresh ideas. I, 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 yes, I do. I do remember though. Your diving gear, a scuba diver, and they are called thermoclines. Thermoclines. The same sort of thing as um, Jesus. Pockets, you know, warm pockets of air when they're flying. It's just it's underwater instead. And what causes it? What heats the water up? Uh, it's usually the sun, and then the movement of, of the water just makes it into pockets where they where it can't. You know, different maybe different thicknesses of water, and some so of it will be some of it will be hot springs underwater as well. Yeah, but that's that's what they're, they're actually because you get them in lakes, mainly a lot of the time as well. Oh yeah, um, but you do get pockets of them in in the sea as well. Because so water is not a, a, water is not a completely. I mean, it's about the conduction of heat, isn't it? And water conducts yeah, and heat, but one, it, one's thicker than the other. It won't conduct it, and, and all all water, whether it where it is. Whether it's spread by a spring or from the sea, it has slightly different characteristics because they'll either be a lot saltier or a lot fresher, and the, the two can't mix straight away. So you end up with that slight difference in temperature causing thermoclines. I, I, I'm going to give you your second round of applause, aren't I? Well, I, I know I was going to come to this. I don't know whether I deserve them for asking the same question, answering the same question twice. I think, I, I, I think your honesty. It, it does, Push. It does clear it up. Yeah, but your honesty pushes you over the line, though, doesn't it? Well, you know. You've you, you declared your honour. I, I like it a lot. Let's give Alan a round of applause. Thank you, you very much. You're still diving, Alan? I am, yes, yeah. Just come back from uh, Mexico. Oh, did you? Ten dollars out there, and I'm off to Malta in end of October for a week's diving out there. Were you in the sea, mostly in Mexico, or did you go in any of the cenotes? We did a couple of cenotes, but we didn't dive them. Um, but mainly in the sea. Well, you um, just swam the cenotes. Yeah, just swam the cenotes. Yeah, they're amazing. They are. Ab- they got some thermoclines in there and all. Do you really? I, do you know what really oh, hacks yeah. me off? One of the worst. There's so many things about getting old that are annoying. But I, I'd lost my nerve when I was a kid. I loved underground stuff and and, and tunneling and all that sort of thing and the cenotes and. Uh, yeah. Even say when I was a kid, when I got married, I went to Mexico for my honeymoon, twenty-eight, and I couldn't wait. I was, I was nearly going to learn diving to go down one, but since I became a dad, I don't do stuff like that. You should learn. It's a fantastic I know. I know. Sport. I should. It has got its, its um, dangers that go with it, but of you course. get taught properly by the right people and just do what you are taught. Then you should be fine. There you go. Listen to Alan. You can't go wrong. Round of applause. Has he had his round of applause? I've already had it. Don't give him another one. Whatever you do. Half past twelve now is the time, and Simon Conway is here with the headlines. The Education Secretary, Justine James O'Brien, on LBC.
33 minutes after 12 is the time. If you have a question that needs an answer, there are now a couple of phone lines free. 0345 606973 is the number that you need. If you have a question in need of an answer, um, 33 minutes after 12. You know the numbers, so there's no excuse not to join in. What's still waiting for an answer? I'm losing my ability to keep track of mystery hour. I don't know what that's symptomatic of, but I'm not sure I like it. Alex is in Frinton on sea. Alex, question or answer? Hello, James. There's a question. Go on. With a mystery that's been uh, troubling me my entire busy life. Mate, I can't uh, make out a word you're saying. I'm just going to try and improve that phone line and we'll come back to you imminently, I promise. Samuel is... Oh, no, he's not. Hang on. Who's coming up next? Uh, Dan is in Bromley. Dan, question or answer? Hi, James. Uh, I think it's an answer, hopefully, to the mystery, Mr. and Master. Let's start again. You've got to, we've got to start with confidence. None of this hopefully business, none of this sort of, um, you, you, you listen to the show, you know what false confidence sounds like, Dan. Right, now, Dan is in Bromley. Question or answer, Dan? It's an answer, James. Good man. To, me, to Mr. and Master. Uh, oh, yes. Right, um, people used to be called Master all the time, gentlemen used to be called Master all the time, but it, um, they developed into Mr., and apparently kept master on for people that were still coming of age, up until about the age of 18. Yes. And that was back in around about the 19th century. So Mr. Mr. took from master, yeah. but master was kept on for youngsters up until about the age of 18. But but they, they, I, they, but, but, but what, why then do we call like master bakers and master chef and master sweep and master builder? That was, that was the real question. All oh, right. I'm in trouble then. Well, only because you sounded so confident at the outset, Dan. <laughs> well, that was the story behind how I knew that. I was quite interested in. <laughs> Go on then. <laughs> no, I was when I was at private school. I uh, we used to have to call the teachers, obviously, Mister. Yeah. And they used to call us Master. Crikey. I was a bit cheeky one day. I said, um, I, I, "Why can't I be called Master, uh, Mister?" Mister. And I got a de- got a detention for it, and got, I got made to try and find out the answer to my own question. Oh, I like that. And that was what you found out. There you go. There's a sign of an educational punishment serving a constructive purpose. It was. It doesn't, however, earn you a round of applause. It's a satisfaction of the knowledge. Um, thank you, Dan. Sorry, mate. I should be absolutely clear on this. It's why do we use the same word to describe young? men that we use to describe older men with particular expertise master so it comes from the latin meaning master as in in charge of something you've mastered an art that's why you become a master but why then does it apply maybe it's just a coincidence and it's just two words the same word meaning two completely different things there's a word for that samuel's in tottenham samuel question or answer a question please carry on um i was wondering why or no actually not why um whether moths eat the fur of living animals what, may, what? Whether moths would eat the fur of, of an animal that was alive. Why, why are you thinking? Why? 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 Why are you wondering this? Just because I've got a lot of moths in my house at the moment, and um, I was, I was just, I've got cats as well. So I, yeah, I was just wondering uh, if uh, if they're in any danger the ki- from the moths. Are your cats not, in not it? serious danger? But just whether whether they it's... they might lose any fur potentially. Do they have any? bald patches or any i mean is there any evidence that I mean, is anything f- informed your fears or are they just sort of one of them slightly moults somewhat but... yeah but she does that anyway yeah yeah but but it, it's become more apparent but i don't know if it's I, I i don't spend much time with them so i isn't it isn't it the grubs that eat stuff isn't it the actual larvae that eat things rather than the moths themselves oh it's the before they're they've become moths it's i think so Oh, oh, but but so would they be able to grow in cat fur or in any animal fur? You can get carpet moths. 
They're a nightmare. Mm. But obviously mm. carpets are not living organisms. No, no. I... I mean, I'm quite. I'm a little bit humbled that you've chosen mystery out to ask this question, Samuel. It's a. It's a conundrum <laughs> of a. Playing on my mind. Well, clearly, I mean, obviously, if you love your cats, the last thing you want to happen is to 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 sort of leave them exposed to the possibility of having all their fur eaten by moth larvae. This is a serious issue. Um, I I don't think so, but I, I can't claim any expertise or definitive knowledge in this area, in this field. Mm. So I, I shall leave it on the board. Just to be clear, can moths or their larvae, we'll add that, will we, for the purposes of... Yes, that, that is yeah. very clarifies things. Yeah, yeah. Can moths or their larvae eat the fur of live mammals? Yeah, because they can eat wool. They they they. So I imagine. That, uh, they, I wonder if they eat sheep. Wool, like when the yeah, when the wool I think is on they the do. Sheep. I think you can have problems with sheep if they're not shorn regularly. That that that, that parasites get involved. But whether or not they're eating the wool, well, they can eat wool because that would be a carpet moth, wouldn't it? Mm. Sure. Mm. Okay. Uh, well, let's. I mean, we zone in on exactly what it is we're asking. Are there any moths or, or, or moth larvae that can that eat the fur of live animals? Mm. Mm. Okay. Perfect. Well, I hope so. I mean, crikey, I want to put your mind at rest. 12.38 is the time. Can we help Samuel? Alex is in Frinton-on-Sea. Alex, let's have another go. Hi, James. Sorry about that. Can you hear me all right? Loud and clear. That's lovely. Fantastic. I'm a uh, long-time listener. Love your show. Thank you, man. Uh, thank you for having me on. You're welcome. Um, I, I wonder if you can help solve a long-time mystery for me. Go on. Uh, I've got dark hair on my head. I've got brown hair. I've yeah. got dark hair... Uh, before you ask, all over my body. Yeah. But on my beard, I've got red hair, bright red hair. Oh, actually, bright red. Yeah, like, uh, it, uh, I'm not exaggerating. It looks like I, I could be bleeding from my face. It's super bright. Really? Yeah, super bright. I, 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 my, my wife used to tell me when I was in my teens that she said it was just going through puberty, but that must have happened a long time ago. So now there's no excuse. And uh, do you I ever grow it? Do you, it. Do, you, do you ever grow it out? I grow to a certain point, and then the redness is just too bright, and people think that I've dyed my hair on my oh, head. Oh, you know, it's not very often. I shouldn't, I don't know if I should say this, but I, I much prefer radio to television. It's not very often that I wish we were doing something on television when we're actually doing it on the radio, because everyone listening wants to see some pictures now. They don't, I mean, that, yeah, I, think, I mean, yeah. really, really, really red. No, but it's not just me. I see it all over. I, I do see it often. No, it's, I, uh, my, my late father tried to grow a moustache in the 1960s and it came out ginger and he had black hair exactly yeah. what's going on what's i don't know on, i mean it's a great question i, I mean is why would we presume that the pigmentation in the chin area would be the same as the pigmentation on the top of the head well right? i would have i would have thought mate why why are they not matched but then the rest of the body is all the same as the top just yeah. not the beard the collar and the cuffs as it were all of it yeah yeah just the it. beard comes out a bit rogue a bit rouge very very much so. yeah. like as if it's from someone else's face yeah <sighs> okay. I, I mean, I'm just trying to think what the qualification we need would be to answer that question. Well, I was, I was thinking maybe someone that works with follicles, like a follicologist. A follicologist. Is that something that exists? Yeah. It might, I mean, we need you know? some sort of follicular research of some kind to be undertaken. Exactly, exactly. A trichologist, yeah. a fo follicologist. I tell you what, uh, follicologists and master bakers, we're really, uh, follicologists and master bakers, we're really sailing close to the wind today. <laughs> I've just always missed Dr. Howe, Professor Howe. Yeah, yeah well, know, he can't uh, come back on again, although this isn't really his field of expertise. Uh, let's find out. I mean, uh, I love it, actually. Uh, why, why does Alex's, why is Alex's beard bright red? Well, all the other hair on his body, uh, since you asked, is brown. Oh eight three four five six oh six oh nine seven three. And can moths eat fur? Mm. Gary's in Morden. Gary, question or answer? Hello, James. Uh, question, please. Go on, mate. Um, me and my mate, 
we both we both got bit bit of a belly um, <laughs> on us, like, and um, it's through obviously enjoying our drink and eating, and uh, but mine I can do a mean truffle shuffle. And right. I can literally, it, it goes all over the shop. Really jelly. So when you stop, when you go for a bit of a jog, you, you stop running and your body carries on moving for a couple of minutes afterwards. Yeah, yeah I love it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And he is solid. I mean, if you, with a punch, it, you break your own. So. Really? And it's still got yeah. a paunch. So you've both got a similar volume, but one of you is solid and one of you is, 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 is not. It's it, really wobbly, yeah. And I just wonder, why does that happen? You know, we both like a beer, both like our food, but... His fat is solid, and mine is just all over the shop. Is there any, I mean, any difference in diet? Do you do you mostly eat and drink the same? Do you drink similar amounts of ale and, and that sort of thing? But it's it's not just us. You, if you used to go around and look at other people's waist, some some people you know, do have. I've always, yeah. What's your like? You got a bit of a belly. What's your like? Actually, I'm, 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 I'm in. I don't know. When's the last time you saw me, cheeky beggar? (laughs) Uh, On the on the telly the other day. Well, I'm looking sharp at the moment, Gary. I'm seriously. I'm about a stone and a half lighter than I was a couple of years ago. But as it happens, I'm a wobbler. Since you are, I'm only joking. I'm a wobbler. I'm actually. I took the youngest to see Kidderminster Arias the other week. She'd been naughty. No, I didn't. I was trying to get her into football, (laughs) and and we had a penalty at our end. So all the lads behind the goal were um, trying to put off the penalty taker, and there were some wobblers there. I tell you what, the shirt, my, my eight-year-old has not laughed so much. All these fellas wobbling their bellies and grabbing their little man boobs and trying to put off the, fe- the bloke from Chorley taking the penalty. It was wonderful to see. But your mate would have been no use at all with his sort of medicine ball, solid belly yeah. in that car. I, t- I don't know. It's a really nice question. Let's try and find out. I just hope the answer's not involving medical bad news for either of you. Yeah, that's, okay. That's the fear. Right, so why has Gary got a wobbler? Well, his friend is rock hard. Oh, three, four, five, six, oh, six, oh, nine, seven, three. Alex is in Richmond. Alex, question or answer? Hello, James. It's an answer. Carry on, Alex. Um, it's the, the question about um, the guy coming to court and then going away again. The, the question is, is that it's actually wrong. The question is wrong. He doesn't just go to court <laughs> and go away again. No. He confirms his name and address, and then he is remanded yes. either in custody or on bail. Right. Uh, and it's the remand that's the important bit, because that gives... Uh, the authorities' judicial power to detain him. The police have only got power to detain uh, under certain circumstances and for certain lengths of time. The magistrate can detain him and then remand him for trial or for a reappearance. And and that makes his detention lawful. And he has to be there for that because habeas corpus, is that relevant in this context? No, there have been cases where serious risk prisoners have been remanded in their absence, through a video link, people at places like Belmarsh. But it's quite unusual. Most prisoners, certainly on a first appearance at court, uh, are remanded at the court. Um, on, a, on a second or subsequent appearance, they may be remanded uh, uh, or, or sent for trial or whatever uh, by the magistrate, uh, and then a date is put on it. I like it. It's, um, uh, and it is habeas corpus, isn't it? The requirement that the person is brought into court. No, no, habeas corpus is a totally different thing. Habeas corpus is um, the power to... Uh, it's an order from a court to produce... Ah, yes, of course it is. ...produce the body. Yeah, absolutely. So, and, and uh, no, you're quite right. Uh, your qualifications and reminders, Alex? I'm a, f- a former policeman for my sins. Former police officer. Police officer. Round of applause. So, thank you very much, no, thank you very much. So they do provide their name and address. Back to James, who asked the original question. But uh, that, as we wondered whether that would be the case, that's not all that goes on. 
there's, there's other stuff and you can't be remanded uh, the, the legal process can't be kicked along the road if you're not there unless as in the exceptional circumstances alex mentions they, that they do it from uh, a video link or in your absence i guess from somewhere like belmarsh 12:45 is the time tom watts is here with your travel thanks james good afternoon in west london lbc uh 12:48 is the time tummies bellies beards and moths currently in need of answers why is gary's belly flabby while his mate's belly's not they're equally sized bellies one solid as a rock and the other one mm, soft wobbly welcoming why does alex's beard grow bright red while the rest of the hair on his body since you asked including downstairs and up is brown can moths eat the fur of live animals? Samuel needs to know. He's worried about his cats. And Master Mister, Mister Master. Why? Why do we use the same word, Master, to describe young men with no maturity and to describe old men with proven expertise, as in Master Builder? Natalie's in uh, Hadlow. Natalie, question or answer? Hi, James. I've got a question, please. Great stuff. Thanks, Natalie. That's all right. It's actually from my six-year-old daughter, but oh, she's even at school better. at the minute, so, cool. yeah. Um, I hope she had the right uniform on. Yes, she did. (laughs) Yeah. Um, She wants to know why the King of Hearts is the only king that doesn't have a moustache. As in, is there any particular reason why that one is the one that doesn't? Well, he's... (laughs) He's he's shaved. Yeah, of course he has. And the the other three haven't. I mean, what sort of a parent are you? Why can't you answer these questions yourself? Exactly. <laughs> you know what it's like playing kids of the, you know, be... playing games of the kids, and they come up with the most random questions. I love that one. There must be. There might be a historical reason. There is quite a lot of folklore attached to playing cards. I, I can never quite remember what it all is, but we'll try and find out. Is a king? Of, is this definitely true? Have you checked more than one pack of cards, Natalie? Yes, I have. Yeah. No, I even went to my nan specifically to check her packet, and her pack was the same. So tash free, tash free, king of hearts. <laughs> Yes. And the other three, spades, clubs, diamonds, all got tashes. Oh, yeah, they, them three have the King of Hearts, hasn't And I wonder if it's particularly a reason why a particular like King hasn't got one. Yeah, I don't know. I shall find out. I like that question. And uh, we've got ten minutes. Come on. Don't let us down. Don't let down Natalie, six-year-old. Kelly is in Cleveland. Kelly, question or answer? Uh, it's an answer. Carry on. It's about the wobbly belly and the hard belly. Yeah, I quite like this. I like um, it a lot, actually. Hmm. Well, it's, it's it's because the the soft belly is a, actually a lot healthier, and it's where the fat yes. is on the surface. So yes, you can in. probably grab hold of that and wobble it around. Love handles. Which shows it's just under the skin. Right. The other belly, it's all through his organs, and it's inside. Oh, it's dangerous. Oh, yeah. oh no, so I said I hope it's not going to be bad medical news for anyone. Sorry. It's bad news for Gary's mate, this. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> so does that mean he's been fatter for longer? Uh, I don't know about that. I think it's just how different people lay down fat. So it could just be a genetic inheritance? Yeah. That would make sense as well, actually, wouldn't it? Because it it sort of leads him. What are your qualifications, Kelly, just to be clear? Well, it's just something that I studied myself because I had a fat belly and I wondered why it was wobbling around. and, And my friend had a similar situation. Um, with a friend who had a hard belly, and I discovered that the soft one was the healthier. So it was actually good news. <laughs> I like this. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, I, I just need to, to get the round of applause. Can you insert any fancy words into this? Did you learn any fancy words when you, is there a, when you were reading it? Um, I did learn the word visceral. 
Oh, go on. Well, how does that apply here? Well, it's, it's visceral fat, which means that it, that's that's the medical term for saying it's round your organs. Round your organs, eh? I think, yeah. that's, I think that's done you a round of applause, Kelly. Thank you. Oh, great stuff. Yeah. I, like, I like it. And uh, are you still wobbling? No, no longer wobbling. <laughs> not, because, <laughs> not because all your fat's turned visceral, but because you've got rid of all your fat. Got rid of it. Great work. <laughs> Gary's mate I feel sorry for now. It always gets a bit awkward when we have these sort of questions, especially when I put my foot in it by saying, I hope it's not bad medical news for anyone. I don't know how bad it is, but it's better to be flab... But, 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 what's the word? But it's not flabby. Yeah, it is flab. Flabby. You don't, flabby you think of being wobbly. I mean, walking a tightrope today with some of the language we've been employing. Steve's in Stanmore. Steve, question or answer? Answer. Carry on. Legal, lawful thing. Uh, um, it's, it's to do with legal, lawful, but the Mr. and Master. Oh, yes. There is, there is legalese and there is common law, Magna Carta. Um, and in legalese, it's a whole different language. Now, if you notice, we, we have police officers, we have environmental officers. That's because they're attempting to operate in uh, maritime law, the law of the sea. Um, but when, and when we're born, we, we are given a birth certificate, um, which is normally uppercase, first name, last name, or sometimes uppercase all the way through. Now, that's the corporation that is referred to, or the corporation, as I call it, um, when we come through our mother's waters. Um, and the delivery is informed to the local authority, same as the ship when it comes into birth. It's a similar word, but slightly different spelling. And in legalese, um, once we get to the age of seven, if we don't tell them we're still here, then we're considered lost, lost at sea. So in a court, a judge will try and, or a magistrate will try and call you, are you first name, last name? So a typical response would be, um, no, but I'm the authorised beneficiary. Which which question are you answering at the moment? The difference between Mr and Master and how it come about, because legalese... I thought it sounded like you were asking the one about why you get asked your name and address in court. No, 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 it's all related to it, because they, most of the authorities attempt to operate in maritime law, right. whereas, in fact, this country, we operate under So what, just, just, I mean, it's, I'm sure it's my fault, Steve. I, I just, <laughs> it's quite, you know, quite late in the programme now, but I haven't got oh, a, a scooby-doo what you're talking about. <laughs> Let's try it again, OK? Right. Why do we use the same word to describe a young male that we use to describe an old male with an expertise? That is slightly different. That is well, that's the only question I want an answer to, mate. <laughs> well, one is legalese, legalese, and one is English. Legalese is a different language. So, when do I when do I move from master to Mister? At what point do I move from master to Mister? Normally, at the age of seven, because that's when we are considered lost at sea. No, but I, no, I only became a master at about the age of seven. Did you? That's when oh, you get okay. sent all the letters, Master James O'Brien, off my granddad and stuff yes. like that. Yes. yes. Yeah. When? Well, a lot of people maintain the master um, as opposed to Mister, because it, you're on a ship, Mister Christian, set sail, Mister. Steve, I, I, it's perfectly possible that I have got the wrong end of the stick, but I, I think however long this conversation continues for, I'm never going to get the right end. But but thank you so much for your time. Fraser is in Glasgow. Fraser, question or answer? Question. Carry on. Uh, I'd like to know if I'm swimming in the sea and lightning strikes, how far away I need to be from the lightning not to be electrocuted. Okay, yeah. Oh, well, how long have we got now? Three minutes. So you're in the sea. 
You yeah. see a bolt of lightning hit lightning. the sea. How far yeah. away do you need to be? Not today. Well, not to die or not to not to be ele- well, not, not, to f- not, not no, not to feel it, not to be to elected. be utterly, utterly. Uh, I, 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 I'm putting the pressure on here. Two minutes left to get an answer to yeah. that one. And why do you want to know? I mean, there's not a great deal you can do uh, about it unless you're an incredibly no, fast just, swimmer. Just, just curious. <laughs> so what are you going to do with the information? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, just was walking along the street and thought about it. <laughs> Love it. That's the kind of thing I think about when I'm walking along the street as well. That's why I never get anything done. Uh, Fraser, I like it a lot. Well, good work. Uh, how, how far away from a lightning strike underwater, in the water, do you have to be to be out of reach of the of the of the impact or the electricity? What, what have we done? We've done the belly. Oh no, we've got a steward's inquiry on the belly answer. I need an answer to the question of whether or not moths eat the fur of live mammals. All right. And then I've got a couple of others as well. But remember, before that, we're going to run out of time. Whether you're a landlord, a tenant or a homeowner, Clive Bull and his expert guests are here tonight from nine to answer your questions on LBC's Property Hour. And right now, you could win an Apple iPhone 6S, an Apple Watch Sport and a Monster Portable battery pack thanks to Direct Line Landlord Insurance. Find out more about their de facto five-star rated insurance by searching online for Direct Line Landlord. For your chance to win and to download the Property Hour podcast, go to lbc.co.uk. Jenna is in Solihull. Jenna, question or answer? Uh, Answer. Quickly. That, that's me being um, I have r- the, not rude. I have the answer to the question about the King of Hearts. Why doesn't he have a moustache? Um, he was originally based on Charles VII from France, who had no moustache. Qualifications? No hair. How do you know? Um, I'd have to do a project on the, on the cards back in school. That'll do nicely. Round of applause for Jenna. Bit of a gay out of jail free card, that one, isn't it? So I did a project on it when I was at school. Good work, though. And Ellie's in Tower Hamlets. Ellie, question or answer? Uh, answer, mate. Go on. At the moss. Uh, generous. No, they don't uh, lay their eggs. Mate, can you get, get, get look out? There's a there's a forklift truck behind you. You're gonna get you're gonna get. get yeah, oh, no, sorry, I'm in I'm in a warehouse trying to hunt down some mice at the moment. Sorry, you're hunting down uh, mice in a warehouse. So you are a, you are a pest control expert, clearly. I am. Yeah. Talk to me about moths. Well, basically, they lay their eggs uh, where there's a high food uh, food source, so like keratin is what they eat. So, like that gentleman said, he's got two cats, so obviously he's going to get moss if he doesn't hoover the wall floor junctions around his house. Yeah. But they're molting, their hair's falling down, and that's what moths feed. Uh, generally, they won't lay their eggs on a moving animal because it will just fall off, and then obviously when it hatches into a, a, a little larvae, there's no food source and they'll die. So, no, they won't eat from a live animal, but they will eat and feed from a dead animal. So, not hoovering up his wall-floored uh, junctions is probably contributing to the presence of moths in his gaff. In Absolutely, his... yes, Great because, stuff. like I said, they eat keratin, which is fur, uh, wool, even human hair, uh, which contains keratin. That's what they feed on. So, if the gentleman hoovers his wall-floored junctions thoroughly on a weekly basis, but he must throw the bag away because, obviously, the eggs might still hatch in the hoover and come out. That, mate, that, that is first happen. class. What's the name of your company? Safeguard Pest Control. There you go. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Go and go, go, good luck with the mice, Ellie. Good luck with the mice. Uh, I don't need luck. I'm going to win the war, don't worry. <laughs> That's what you're at. Reminds me of my mate Ricky. He's a pest control expert as well and uh, some of his war stories make your hair fall out um that's my excuse anyway that's it from me for another day we'll do it again tomorrow morning from 10 sheila fogarty is here thank you james uh, from three madonna and child after a bitter and public row over who their son lives with madonna and guy ritchie have agreed he will live with his father in london what is it like being caught between your warring parents